All right, this is Bishop Bowser, and welcome to Slow Motion with Bishop Bowser, the Shafat Outreach Podcast. And so today, to our podcast listeners and also to those that are going to come in, are coming in uh, live on um, Facebook, uh, we uh, once again want to uh, encourage you to invite folks to come on in and watch this, get the word out about our podcast uh, we talk about some interesting issues, and we uh, we most definitely have a good one tonight uh, for those that are interested. You know, um, uh, we complain about a lot of things when it comes to uh, what's going on in our community, what's going on, um, especially in the black community, the family. Uh, but we don't look at or not willing to deal with uh, the issues that impact the community. We always, for lack of a better way of saying it, in denial about what's happening uh, in the black family. So today, tonight, there are five things that I want to talk about when it comes to uh, uh, the black community or the black family, right? There are five things that black people don't care about but should, right? Let me say that again. Five things black people don't care about as a whole. There may be a few in between and all of that. Don't care about but should. Or at least we have the attitude of acting like we don't care, right? So I want to talk about those things, but let me uh, give you a premise on or foundation or um, an, an outlook on what, I, what my mindset is when we talk about five things black people don't care about but should. And I look at what are the killers, the number one killers for blacks? What are the number one killers? And what I found is if you're under like 45 or 35 years old, homicide is the leading cause of death. It's a killer. And then the next thing is, you know, for all ages, especially when you get older, heart disease. And then <clears throat> as you get even older, we're looking at um, cancer. And so these things are, are killers in our community. And uh, homicide, heart disease, and cancer. And so these are things that we should be addressing, we should be dealing with, we should be trying to look at the underlining issues or what caused that, right? So I want to get into this and talk about this a little bit. So um, as as you all are, are tuning in, even with the podcast, we're going to ask that those that are listening to this podcast that you start sharing it and uh, getting the word out about these messages that we're uh, trying to do. This is wholesome talk. Uh, this is family talk. And this is most definitely fact talk, right? And uh, most of the time people want a lot of drama and a lot of mess and listen to people that ain't taking you nowhere. But I'm taking you somewhere today with the Lord, right? Because everything I do is is God-centered. And I know what it's like to be a thug, a crook, a gangbanger, uh, and everything else that you can name. And, and to coming into being a godly, righteous man, right? So, um, uh... I, as a black man in America, I most definitely can share with you some of the things that I'm concerned about. You know, I'm not a politician, so uh, it's not about politics for me. I'm, I, even though I'm called a community, community advocate, I don't see myself as a community advocate, okay? Uh, even though people's called it, they, they call me gang advocate, community advocate, community leader, and all that. Uh, but I'm really a spiritual leader. You know, I'm, I'm you know, for me, is spiritual because it is God that's leading my life and it's God that delivered me and it is God who I believe can deliver our nation, especially uh, the black family, to uplift 
the black family. And so that's why I want to talk about, you know, um, uh, so as I said, tag some people and let's get in. Let's get into this. So first thing I want to talk about is community violence, because that's one of the things that black people don't care about, but should. Right. You know, right now we're having our seasons of peace uh, where we're calling for peace and, and the ceasefire. No gunshots fired uh, between Thanksgiving to January the 1st. And we asked a lot of people in the community and folks to get involved in some kind of way in this. Start having conversations with your loved ones. Uh, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of folks that know the players that are committing the violence. And the only time people want to say something is when your loved one get killed or shot. Then you want to sneak the shooter's name to maybe you won't tell, but you'll sneak the shooter's name to somebody that you know would tell the police. And then you get those folks arrested and go to jail. But then when your folks are shooting and killing folks, you're not saying nothing. And so we got to stop that. We got to start having these conversations with the people that you know that could possibly be involved in these shootings and what's going on and so on. So um, uh, when we look at community violence, that is highly impacting our community, but black people don't seem to want to engage uh, in the conversation about nonviolence and about peace, right? Until it happens to you or happened to your family member or somebody that you know or something happened in your community right next to you. And then when you experience that trauma, and when you see it, you then you have something to say. And that's fine that, you know, I mean, you're supposed to say something then, but we want you to say something now. We want you to, folks are dropping dead and being shot and killed uh, almost not every day, but pretty often now. You know, it's, it's painful to see these young men, young black and brown men that are dying, you know. And, you know, when you look at the stats, uh, black people are impacted the most when it comes to violence. So I... As always, I, I like to give little facts and, and data for you so you won't think that I'm just talking and can't back up what I'm saying. So when you look at violence in California, violence is responsible for 5% of deaths among white men. You hear me? 5% of deaths among white men when you talk about violence, uh, white men and boys, from the age of 15 to 24. And that's in California. But 20%, 26% of deaths among Hispanic men, right? And uh, men and boys, the same age. And then when, and then just under 50% of deaths among black men, right? And boys in the same age group, 15 through 24. So more than 92% of gun homicide victims killed before the age of 18 in California are black and Hispanic. And experts of uh, an expert of the National Institute of Justice also noted that youth uh, uh, living in inner cities show a higher prevalence of post-traumatic stress disorder than soldiers in our wartime military. That is a shame. You know, I, I when I got saved, I was 22 and a half years old in um, on December 5th, 1984, and I believe it, it was around. Um, so 94, you go all the way to, I believe, 93. And it was in 1993 that when I found out and discovered that I was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. So after getting out of church from 94 to 93, almost nine years, I was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder and thought it was normal until I was helping someone. I was involved with the union and I was helping someone who... 
uh, young lady that got raped and um, she got fired from a job and I was helping her get a job back. And she said the reason why she wasn't able to perform and coming late and not missing work is because she was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. And I never heard of the word before. And when I looked it up and started doing research on it, I started seeing some of the symptoms and I started realizing that, whoa, that's me. That's what I'm going through. And so, you know, you can imagine all the young people right now and community members that are suffering from trauma. And so we have to uh, really get down and deal with this violence because it is highly impacting our um, community. As you as you uh, as as you listen to me right now, and if you're listening to me live, somebody's probably getting shot and killed right now. Right. And so we we most definitely got to address that. So at least 82 percent of all firearm homicides in the world occur in the United States, 82 percent. And that is according to. Uh, the conversation which pulled from the center of disease control, right? And what's more, the homicide rate for black Americans in all 50 states is on average eight times higher than that of white people. Let me say that again. The homicide rate, violent crimes, and, mo and about 86% of these were committed with a gun. The homicide rate for black Americans in all 50 states is on average eight times higher than whites. And this comes from uh, researchers and so forth, and it's backed up. So one of the solutions to this, we're going to talk about some of the other solutions because there's many underlining issues that we have to address when it comes to community violence. But one of the things is, is that you can be a voice to speak out. You could be a voice to urge peace. You could be a voice to sow seeds of peace and you could be that voice to create and develop and start a nonviolence conversation uh, with those young people that are around us. Um, let me say to parents, and I know folks get mad at me and, you know, don't want to have nothing to do with me and, and try to, you know, uh, say things about me and things like that because I call out parents. You know, you encouraging your son in gangbanging, you a failed parent. You hear what I'm saying? You a failed parent if you're encouraging your child in gang banking. Um, that should be a no-brainer that being a part of a gang, let me say this, being a part of a gang is not conducive, is not productive, is not helpful in our communities. Uh, I was a part of, don't, don't try to come, you could tell that stuff to other people, but don't come telling me there's nothing wrong with being in a gang, being a gang member as long as you're not violent. That's what they represent. If you say you're from a certain gang and 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 oh, I'm from this, but I, you know, I don't know if you rep, if you're part of that, then you even if you say you're not committing the violence acts and things like that, you're representing that. Right. You speak for that. Right. That's what you say. You stand with murderers. You stand with uh, uh, criminals. You stand with people that do not care about our community. Right and destroying our community. That's what you stand for, destruction. Unless you there to do something positive on the inside, right? And and a lot of these guys that claim they from somewhere and there's, oh, I don't bang up. You're afraid to talk to your homies. You're afraid to speak out against violence. You're afraid to go and have a conversation about with them when they're at war with someone. And so <clears throat> and so, what's the purpose of, of that? Uh, you can't beautify gangbanging. I'm sorry, you can't do it. Uh, 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 it, it, it's a subculture that is violent. 
right? Even though we know not everyone in the gang is violent, is criminal, but but and and we're not here in a roundabout way to say get out, leave, and all that. But we most definitely want to have the conversation about stop the violence, right? If you can stop the violence, then you can change the outlook on how people see gangs, right? Because most of the time when violence is happening, it's tied into the gangs, tied into the drugs, it's tied into crime and so on. And it happened to black people more than it happened to anybody else. And that's why we gotta speak out and that's why we gotta say something. You know, no, this is not a beautiful talk when we have problems in our community that folks don't wanna address or afraid to address. We gotta address these things, right? We gotta talk about these things. I love my people, black people in my community too much to just sit by and be quiet, right? I was part of the destruction. Now I want to be a part of the rebuilding. I want to be a part of the repairing. I want to be a part of, of, of creating something beautiful in our communities. And we can't do that if we're uh, sitting on the sidelines being silent about the things that are happening in our community. And so this is community violence is something that black people don't care about. You know, they, they, you know, they care from the perspective of they don't want it to happen to them or their loved ones. But if you really care about something, then you do something about it. You move to action. And so that's what it's all about. And we're trying to create a platform and a place for our community to get involved. So get involved. You know, you can scroll down my timeline and you'll see things that we're talking about with seasons of peace to get involved with that. Right. And and. Shout out to all the folks who have been getting involved and doing videos and posting and, and starting these conversations about nonviolence. Let's keep it going so, so it can spread and everybody can hear about it. Let's get involved. You can do this is something that you can do and that you can get involved in because it is killing our young people. It is the number one leading cause of death, homicides, 67 percent of those homicides in San Diego is from gang related crime violence right gang related homicides six seven, or homicides gun gun homicides in america or in san diego excuse me uh six seven percent of those among blacks six seven cents sixty seven percent is gang related homicides so that's why we got to address the gang issue that's why we got to address the gun violence issue in our communities you know and if you're in denial uh if you're trying to make it beautiful you know, you're not a part of the, the solution. You become a part of the problem. And um, we got to stop that. All right. So I know people get mad at me because I say that. But um, those organizations and those people that allow you to promote that, uh, they, they're not they're not um, they don't love the community either. Right. Because they don't care. They just want money and be able to they want to continue on so they can get money and so they can continue to attack governments and agencies and all that but we're not dealing with the community to build a healthy community. And that's what we want. So number one is community violence. And I gave you, I told you what we can do to address that. The number two thing that I wanted to talk about in regards to what is uh, uh, the, the black people don't care about, but should is health, right? You know, you, you look at black deaths in America, black people are dying from health complications and, and younger than any other race so even when it's not homicide you make it past 35 45 years old then some type of illness is going to get you and like we talk about heart disease or cancer and that come a lot of this can be prevented especially heart disease if we take care of ourselves and if we exercise we start having these conversations and make it a part of our culture right to where that um uh, uh exercising eating healthy talking about it and having these conversations and practicing it 
um, we, we can live long. We can live a long life. We're already coming up against a lot with racism and poverty and all these other type of things we have to struggle with. But we need to address our health situation. So that's number two. Number two, the, the second thing that black people don't care about but should is their health. You shouldn't care about it once you um, uh, on the sick bed and getting ready to die. You should care about it from the perspective of preventing preventing these things from happening, right? I see people that have diabetes and high cholesterol and 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 uh, hypertension and heart problems and things like that, and they're still eating bad. And then when you say something to them, oh, that's okay, I'll just take my shot and my pills and it'll help me. Uh, that's that's not an attitude to have. We should you should be trying to eat right and eat healthy to reduce that. And so your mental health and physical health is a should be a priority. You got to make that a priority. Your inner peace is a priority. Your self-care is a priority. Your happiness is a priority. And that's part of the problem. You know, uh, uh, if you don't have good health, you won't have none of those things, whether it's mental, physical, whether it's, whether it's peace or happiness, you won't have it. And so don't take yourself for granted, okay? Nourish all parts of yourself that need healing and self-love. Be patient and kind during the process. It takes time to lose weight. It takes time to discipline yourself, right? So since heart disease is, is like the uh, uh, number one killer after homicides, to prevent heart disease, you have to prevent health conditions like high blood pressure, high cholesterol. The silent killer is high blood pressure, right? A lot of times you don't even know you got it or what some people call hypertension. And it is a dangerous condition that affects approximately 30% of Americans. And it's even, you know, a little bit higher with blacks, causing up to 60,000 deaths per year. High blood pressure is often called the silent killer because it typically has no symptoms until it has done significant damage to the heart and arteries. And so you got to address it. And if you got it, take care of yourself and get that blood pressure down, right? So here are eight remedies to reducing your high your um, uh, high blood pressure. Number one, walk and exercise regularly, at least four to five times a week, and and uh, uh, and exercise. Sometimes I exercise six days a week, and sometimes when I'm real busy, I don't get to do it none. Um, uh, but I try to do at least four to five times a week and even six if I can get it in on the average. Uh, exercise, my brothers and sisters, is one of the best things you can do to lower high blood pressure. Exercise, exercise, exercise. So if you're not doing nothing but getting out there walking fast, get on a bike and ride it, do some running, jogging, or whatever you're going to do in the house, you know, uh, get your little elliptical, whatever you're going to bicycle, whatever you're going to get and run and, and, and use it in the house, you know, but exercise get that exercise in because you're going to need it you know and then also uh when you talk about blood pressure reduce your sodium intake and that's one of the problems right with a lot of people is that um you put salt on everything sodium on everything start reading your ingredients you know one of the things that uh my wife used to get upset with me about uh this is back in in the 90s you know is because i worked at um a hospital ucsd and I worked in the kitchen and um, they would have nutrition week. They put all these different things out, what was good for you, what was bad for you. And I read all of it. I looked at all of it and I started seeing things that wasn't good for you and and started looking it up. 
And then I start realizing, man, this stuff is killing. This is what gives you a heart attack. This is what uh, 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 give you high blood pressure. This is what clog up your arteries. And so when me and my wife would go shopping, everything we got, I would read the ingredients to see what was in it. And and when they done when when they did uh, research and would come out and say this is not good for you, and I would start looking for that right. And so you gotta like really take time, not just eat stuff because it tastes good, but you got to read the ingredients to see what's in it and know um, what you're looking for uh, to 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 eliminate. And one of the things is sodium, of course, trans fats, and you know those those uh, fats are not good. Uh, 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 there are some, you know, mono, monosaturated and polysaturated fat are supposed to be good for you, but you don't want to get too much of that either. But when you're talking about the sodium, you got to read because they put sodium in almost all our food. And then when you go to a restaurant or you're at home eating, you want to put some more salt on it. After the doctor already told you your blood pressure is high. <laughs> so we got to stop that, brothers and sisters. And, and so salt intake... It's high around the world, right? But we gotta like, you know, start watching, it, especially for us, because we uh, black people, we tend to overdo everything, and and so then the other thing we talk about, I call, I'm a lot, I know a lot of people are not gonna like this, is drink less alcohol. Let me say that again, for those that are listening and viewing, uh, and and by the way, let me say it again. Invite somebody in, share this podcast. Share this Facebook Live right now. Tag somebody, invite somebody in, like and share. Uh, but my brothers and sisters, drink less alcohol. It amazes me, um, the folks that I see, young and old, you know, when you're on Twitter, not so much Twitter, but Instagram and Facebook, the ones I kind of see. And I see people, you know, taking pictures of what they're about to drink. It's either in their hand, it's on the bed, this is what I'm going to drink. I'm like, don't you know that stuff will kill you? Don't you know that lowers your immune system? Don't you know that's not good for you? Alcohol is not good for you. And and folks are drinking it and drinking and drinking like it's cool. And then you have all these people liking that and comment, oh yeah, you know, like that's 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 not cool. And so I don't drink at all. I used to drink every day. Every day. And you know, what it was old English eight hundred or hard liquor and wine and everything else. Every day when I was youngster. But when I got in church, I got rid of all that. God delivered me from all of that. But then you start realizing, like, man, this stuff is not good for us anyway. Why do you think they flood our communities on every corner just about a liquor store? You you can't go into no store, even if it's not a liquor store, where they don't sell liquor. They're trying to kill us, right? And it impairs your judgment. And so, so drink less alcohol. That's not cool. We got to have a new cool, you know what I mean? And there have to be accountability. You know, did you say something to people they think you're hating or you've been negative and I, I just love you and I care about you, right? And the, uh, another thing you should do to, to lower your high blood pressure is eat more potassium, like that is rich in food. One of the things I like eating is bananas because it's rich in potassium, but there's a lot of different things. You do your research on that. Cut added sugar and refined carbs, right? Added sugars. Anything that's natural sugars is like if you eat an apple, it has some sugar in it. Oranges that have sugar in it. Uh, but but um, uh, those sugars, they digest in your body real slow, right? But when you talk about refined carbs or those those uh, uh, those simple sugars, uh, the simple sugars, it overfloods your body. Then your insulin has to start working over time. And that's why a lot of times people... Insulin, they end up having to become diabetes because they they stop producing insulin because they overwork their insulin, right? And and so that's what the simple carbs, complex carbs, uh, comes which is good for you. 
comes from, you know, your fruits that you eat and things like that. And it go, it digests slow so that you have time to use that as energy, right? And so cut your, your added sugars and refined carbs. Learn to manage stress. Man, we stressed out in all kinds of ways, dealing with uh, what we deal with in our community, with the trauma, dealing with poverty, dealing with jobs, dealing with race is racial issues, dealing with relationship issues. There's all type of things that impact us to cause us to be stressful. But chronic stress will kill you. That stress, chronic stress is stress you deal with every day. You, you're, you're dealing with your stress. You got to do something about that. You got to. And, and that's why exercise is good. That's why eating right is good. That's why finding ways to retreat and withdraw so that you can do some self-care. Right. So manage to 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 uh, learn to manage your stress. And then uh, one of the things that I do every day, eat a couple of uh, bars of, of dark chocolate because they have a lot of antioxidants in it that kills um, uh, that that prevents your cells from becoming oxidated. Well, and what I mean by your cells becoming oxidated is that have you ever cut an apple and then when the air hit it, it starts turning brown? That's what happens to your cells when it's oxidated, and that's what causes cancer. And so one of the things that you can do is uh, eat foods that have antioxidants in it that kills the ox uh, that prevents oxidated cells and so on. It's simple things like that if we just start doing right. Um, eat berries, you know, uh, eat whole grains. It's rich in magnesium, right? Exercise at least 30 minutes a day in at least four to six days a week. And, I, and that's one thing I talked about earlier, right? Eat diets that are low in salt and saturated fats. Maintain a healthy weight. I'm always trying to get my weight down all the time, right? Uh, reduce and manage your stress. Practice good hygiene, like washing your hands and good dental health, right? Get to the dentist and take care of that because that is very important. Now, look at this. I'm almost finished with, with the health thing. CDC study, a CDC study found that 76% of adults don't eat enough fruit. 76% of adults don't eat enough fruit. 87% of adults don't eat enough vegetables. And so when you go shopping, instead of grabbing those canned goods and all, grab something that is fresh, like vegetables, like fruits, right? Fresh meats, you know, if you eat meat and things like that, rather than all this other stuff that's processed and, and mess you up. The nutrients in fruits and vegetables keep, keep you healthy and lower risk for heart disease, stroke, cancer, and other health conditions, right? So focus on your health. And we know that a lot of other things that we face in the community can impact your health. But if you start there, you can start beginning to uh, live a healthy, a healthier life. But that's something that black. That's the second thing that black people don't care about. But should you should care about your health. Don't wait until there's a crisis and then want to care about it. Don't wait till you get cancer and care about it. Start preventing cancer. Right. Black men, you know, um, uh, there's, there, you know, colon cancer, prostate cancer, right? A lung cancer is, is a killer for black men, right? So uh, uh, we got to stop that smoking cigarettes and, 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 and start taking care of ourselves, eating foods and doing things that prevent these things from happening. Colon cancer come from eating garbage, right? So we got we to gotta stop that. I had my sister die from uh, uh, colon cancer this year. And so now I got to, I, I had to, when she got it, I had to go get tested. Because I told my doctor about it. She, they immediately got me to get a colonoscopy and everything. And I got to get that every five years. And so uh, 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 we got to watch those type of things, right? So the third thing is that I believe uh, uh, black people don't care about but should is family. 
at least I know you love your family, but do you really? <laughs> do you really care about your family? And there's some stats that I gather from various sources. Uh, but in the black American community, 58% of children live with an unmarried parent. Within that 58%, 47% live with a single mother, 4% live with a single, pa- single father, and 7% live with cohabitating parents, right? And, and um, in comparison, only 36% of African-Americans or black American children live with married parents, 36%. That's lower and less than all the rest, all the rest of, of, um, of people and so on. And 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 we gotta we gotta we gotta um, we gotta stop that, and that is for sure. And so one of the things that um, when we talk about um, our health, um, look at this: a vast majority of Asian children, eighty-five percent today, live with two married parents. Let me say that again: a vast majority of Asian children, eighty-five percent today, live with two married parents as is the case for most white children, 74%, and Hispanic children, 61%. But only 36% of black children live with married parents, 36%. Um, When we talk about this and we look at this, my brothers and sisters, you got to understand that when you talk about um, uh, uh, within that 58%, 47% live with a single mother, 4% live with a single father, 4%. And almost 60% of black children do not live in a home with their fathers. And 7% live with cohabitating parents. They are not married. So in comparison with only 36% of black uh, American children that live with married parents, a number which has, has also vastly decreased since the 1960s, which was back then 78% of black household, households were married in 1960, right? And it just started getting worse and worse and worse. So the black American community continues to face racial injustices and discrimination. We got so many strikes against us, so we can't afford to play around with this, right? Yet the biggest challenge, which threatens the prosperity and well-being of African-American or black American community, continue to be the decrease in marriage and relationship stability. That's where the huge problem is. One of the most interesting interesting aspects of the previously, there was a, 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 a Pew study that was done uh, with comparison to other countries, right? Looking at black people. And so looking at four different African nations, Mali, if I'm saying that right, was only 1% of children living in a single parent home. Nigeria has 4%. Uganda has 10%, while Kenya has 10, 16% of children living in the single-parent homes. So these numbers emphasize that family instability is not inherent in black communities, just in America, right? Well, mostly in America. Uh, this is not our norm, and we should not accept it as our norm. This is particularly challenging. Unlike many facing uh, the black American community is what is, is, is one that we have the power to change. Some things we face, institutional, structural racism, systemic racism, 
we don't have a lot of power over that, right? But you have you have some some power over this. You 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 can you can change this. You got the we have the power to change this. So if you go back to the 60s in 1963, when Dr. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream speech, right, for black folks, more than 70% of black families were headed by married couples. Today, 46 years after the Civil War, or, or I shouldn't say it's like 50 some years after the Civil War, uh, uh, Civil, Civil Rights uh, War that was going on in 64. So you're looking at like 56 years, married couples had only 46% or 48% of black families. More alarming, 45% of black men have never married and 42% of black women have never married. Never. Married black women declined from 62% to 31% between 1950 and 2002. By age 30, only 52% of black women were married compared to 81% of white women, 77% of Asians, and Hispanics. Black men are twice as likely to intermarry versus black women. So let, let me give you this stat. 24% of black men intermarry and 12% of black women intermarry. Even my sons, I, I have uh, three sons. They, if they, the, uh, one is married and, and, and two are not, but the one that's married, intermarried, not married to a black woman, and um, the two that are dating or whatever they're doing, uh, they are not dating black women, right? And and there's a reason behind that, right? And 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna share that with you right now. There's one reason. I'll talk to all three of them to find out why, because I'm married to a black woman myself, you know, and I got two black daughters. But uh, one of the things that 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 I want to bring out and want you to look at it in regards to that is is that when we talk about that is that um, there was a quote, and let me see if I can find it very quickly that said. Marriage of blacks has become the alternative lifestyle. It is considered non-essential. And black women assume marriage will be monogamous, but black men don't attach as much significance to monogamy when you talk about uh, a marriage and so on. Let me um, hold on here. Let me let me get the, uh, uh, the rest of this for you, the rest of these stats for you in dealing with this. So then when we when we talk about uh Blacks, this is what uh, woman Beverly Gay said. She said, black women assume marriage will be monogamous, but black men don't attach much significance to it, which I just told you. But she also said there's a huge level of distrust among young black men and women. And that's where the problem is. The hostility is right there. And we got to fix that. We got to work on that. Um, Ebony said uh, the Ebony magazine said there is an acute crisis in black sexual politics, creating a schism in black male and female relations. And that's what we got to deal with. And that's what we have to address when it comes to dealing with and addressing uh, the black family and so on. And because it's getting worse and worse and worse. But let me show you something else here. 80, over 80% 80 of long-term child poverty occurs in broken or never married homes. Let me say that again. Over 80% of long-term child poverty occurs in broken or never married homes. And so we know that there are a lot of underlining conditions, and especially this is overall. So when you talk about blacks, we face a whole lot of other issues because our community is underserved, right? 
is marginalized, right? We face a lot of oppression and a lot of over-policing and, and being criminalized. We, we come up against a whole lot of other systemic issues. And then this is something that affects all Americans, but then when it comes to us, it impacts us even more. And so we got to really, talking about this poverty, we, we got to really like bring the black family back together. You know, 70, look at this, 70% of African-American boys in the criminal justice system come from single-parent homes. And so when we talk about what's the problem, when we look at the black family, when we talk about the black family, we got to care about that. And when we look at the stats, this is why I'm bringing the stats to you. I'm not a statistician or anything like that. I just do research and look it up. But um, the problem is, is that we are lagging way behind. And, and, and when you look at the family, it's hurting. Then when you look at all the other issues that's going on in the community, you tie it in and say, well, part of that problem is the, is, is the black family, right? It's torn apart. It's fragmented, right? And the church is not helping, you know. Um, uh, a lot of these pastors, they got torn homes, too. And how are they going to help you? And they can't help themselves, right? Uh, politicians can't help you, right? Uh, these organizations, they can't help you, you know. Uh, they're almost promoting to be single uh, or cohabitate. They don't care. The only person can help you is God. And and that's the problem with the black family. The black family has turned its back on God as a whole. You know, you got a younger generation that um, really don't care about God, right? They're more into socialism and all this other kind of stuff and just left God out. And that's why we the, the, the devil it's just having its own way more so with the black family than any other family. You you look at you look at um, the white family, white men are, are leading. They're there. Hispanic family, white men, Hispanic men are leading. They there. Asians and the same thing. Even Pacific Islanders, all these families. But when you look at the black family, it's it's hurting, and the black man is absent, right? And and there's you know you got to understand that there's a um um. A clear reason for that, they, and 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 that's why I wanted to bring up. I, I, so I want to move next to kind of touch touch, touch on a little bit. So I'm not going to touch a lot. I'm running out of time here, but um, the fourth thing that black people don't care about is leadership, right? And I touched on a little bit when I talk about politicians, pastors, and community advocates and community leaders, right? They have failed us, politicians, pastors, community advocates, and community leaders have failed the black community. Right. Because if anywhere where it should be a light, a beacon, an example is in the church and it's not there, it's not there. Everything is about power, money, numbers, buildings, praise teams, awards and all that kind of stuff. While the black family is being torn apart, you know, divorces are happening left and right, even in the church. There's just many divorces in the church as there is in the world. So how can the church be a light and an example uh, when it's failing us? And the sad thing to it is that the black community, the black people can see that and you follow that. And that's the, 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 the huge problem, right? You know, I thank God for one of my homies that came over to my house and I'm not gonna say his name, but uh, you know, uh, he did a lot of time in prison and things like that. But he saw how me and my wife was interacting and dealing with each other and things like that. And when I took him home, he was like, man, that's what I want. What you got right there, that's what I want. But we don't have a lot of those examples, right? 
because uh, you, people, uh, you're listening to the wrong people when it comes to relationships and when it comes to marriage and when it comes to the black family. Steve Harvey can't help you. You wrote a book and everybody went crazy over it when he'd been divorced three times. You know, a lot of these folks can't help you. Right. But God can. All I can tell you is, is that there's nothing magnificent about what I've done as an individual. All glory is to God. Whatever is good in my life, God to get the glory. Whatever is bad in my life, that's on me because <laughs> I'm flawed. I'm most definitely flawed. But it's God. To God be the glory. Right. And that's what we have to do. I've had a whole bunch of problems. My wife should have left me a long time ago. But um, my family should have been torn apart. But it was God. It was that's who I turned to. It was God that kept it together. It was God that showed us how to work through this. Right. Even times we flew all the way to, to Iowa to get counseling and didn't even get none. Right. And 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 my wife got upset. And I'm like, let's you know, we're going to turn to God. God can help. Right. And and that's who helps. That's who gets you through what you need to get through. And without God. Especially black family with everything else that we're facing, that's what we need. Um and that's what I was trying to talk about when I was talking about during the slavery, when you had the abolitionists, you know, like Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass and different folks like that, you know, uh, 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 Sojourner Truth, you know, um, all these different folks, you know, they, they were leaning on God to help them. Right. And so that's what we got to do, too. And 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 so you got to know how I, I'll post my video again for those that's interested. So I can give you the link. I talked about leadership, what you should be looking in leadership. You know, and there's some qualities that you should be looking at, at but they got to be an example. And you find a lot of people that are not examples, right? They're not examples whatsoever, but they got you fooled with their smooth talk, their charisma, their gift, their charms and stuff, but no substance there. And so that's sad, you know, but props out to all those that are being a good examples. Uh, and I know you're being ignored and not looked at, but keep on being a good example and, and following the ways of God. Uh, so last thing, because I am out of time. I don't want to be with you too long, uh, if anybody uh, is still on. But I know with the podcast, you all will be viewing that later. But the last thing I want to talk about is black men, right? Because everything that you just saw impacts black men the most. And it is black men that is ostracized the most in America. And it is white supremacy that wants to destroy the black man, right? And that's why you hear them praise and lift up the black woman, but oppress the black man. And I say, keep on lifting her up, but lift up the black man too. Don't do it. We got to do this together or it won't be done at all. Right. Uh, when God, he created Adam. Right. And then he made the woman from the rib. Right. And, and he, that, that was the example of how, when you talk about family, that was the example of it. Right. And so when you leave the, take the man out, you destroy the family. As simple as that. Just like you need the woman, you need the man, too. And so when you talk about that, you look at homicides, black men, you know, 50 uh, percent of the homicides in America are black people. And most of those are black men. Right. Forty uh, 40 percent of the prison population is made of black people. And most of them are black men. Right. When you look at black men in the prison system today. There are more women in prison. I mean, there are more black men in prison in America than there are women in prison throughout the, this whole world, right? Because of that attack against black men, the oppression that comes up against the black men, right? And 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 the black man, the young black young black um, man that's growing up, he don't see a lot of examples, right? Because most time he's not going to church. It's mostly black women that's in the church. So with that young black man, what he's getting tied into, the, the gangster on the street, the game banger, the drug dealer, pimp, or whoever, and he can't teach him how to be a, a man, just teach him how to be a thug and be a crook, right? 
be a player, you know, uh, 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 get out there and have two or three different women and, you know, having sex and making babies out of wedlock and don't take care of them. You know, that's what he going to be taught. That's what you're going to be taught. That's what the streets going to teach you. The streets ain't going to teach you how to be a man. Only God can do that. When I got saved, I didn't know how to be a man. God had to teach me that. And it took a little time to learn it and, and get on the right track with that, you know, because I was all messed up, just like a lot of young black men are and so on. But us that have been through that, uh, we have to be that model. And we want uh, our young black men to look and see that, because if 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 the if the black community don't stand up and care about our black men and, and support our black men, the black family will never rise. Right. So that fifth thing, the fourth thing that black people don't care about but should is leadership. You should care what kind of leadership you have. The fifth thing is black men. You should, you, they, do, they don't seem like black community care about but should care about it, right? When you see what's happening, he's, he's leading downwardly in everything, whether it's, it's health conditions, whether it's homicides, whether it's being in prison, whether it's being oppressed by the police, arrested, uh, name any category in a, from the, on the downside, the negative side of it that can impact people. And the black man is impacted the most in every single category. And so we got it. We should care about that because the only way the black family will be lifted up if the black man is lifted up in that family. All right. So that's all I wanted to talk about today uh, in regards to uh, five things that black people don't care about, but should on this podcast here. So remember, uh, when you talk about his homicides, heart disease and cancer and so on, but uh, 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 the, the, the destruction of the black family, especially with the deaths that we're facing and the prison situ situation that's being overpopulated by black folks. Most of it is, is most of it's happening because we seem not to care. We seem not to care. All right. So, all right. God bless you. Um, Bishop Bowser, once again, slow motion, uh, our Shafat outreach podcast. And uh, see you on the next time we come here and God bless you.